Live from the Pivotal Logic Studio in Maple Grove, Minnesota, I'm your host, Billy G. Bold, courageous, and battle ready. Thanks for joining the Pivotal Logic Tech Talk Tuesday podcast. Hello, everybody. Thanks for joining uh, Tech Talk Tuesday, episode number nine. Uh, about a month ago, we had a segment back to school. Uh, we had Natalie Geyer on the show uh, from Becker, Minnesota, and we wanted to uh, follow up here about a month into uh, return back to school uh, from the technology side. So we're going to bring on our guest, uh, Corey Wolf. He's the Director of Technology Services at West Tonka Public Schools. Uh, they're in Mound, Minnesota, and they have about 2,400 uh, students and teachers. So welcome, Corey, to Tech Talk Tuesday. Absolutely. Thank you. Yeah, we're enjoying this beautiful fall day in Minnesota. Well, I don't know if we're at peak season yet, but uh, what's up in uh, Mound, Minnesota? You seeing uh, a lot of color out there? It's very beautiful. It's, uh, I was actually able to walk outside a bit before our call, and uh, the breeze was nice, sun is out, and trees still got quite a bit of leaves on it, but they're in full color. Fantastic. Over the weekend, uh, I went to Taylor Falls and the St. Croix River and got to go along the river and just watch and look at the trees, and it was amazing. Uh, my knees are kind of sore today from the, a lot of walking up the, up the uh, steps and stuff, but it was worth it. Well, good. Good. Uh, th- thanks for joining again, Corey. We appreciate it. Uh, today, we just wanted to uh, take some time and just kind of discuss um, uh, some of the challenges you're seeing out there uh, in the return to school and how technology is playing a critical role. So Absolutely. I want to ask you a couple questions here, and we can have a dialogue going back and forth. Sound good? Sounds good. Thank you. Great. So I know we had talked a couple weeks ago, and uh, you didn't know really what you were doing as far as returning back to school. So what's going on at uh, uh, West Tonka Public Schools? I, I know you're back in school. So what do the schedules look like, and how is that going? Yeah, things are going overall really smooth. Uh, what the district and the community had decided to do is, we are in-person kindergarten through fourth grade. We have two elementaries that are doing that. So five days a week, students and parents are there, or students and teachers are here uh, teaching on site. Our middle school is grades five through seven, which is Grandview Middle School, and they are doing a hybrid, hmm. A, B, A, B, and then distance learning on a Friday, meaning A days are one group of students, like A through L, and B days are the rest of the alphabet through Z, and uh, they just alternate those days, and they're doing that, and they're doing it synchronous learning also. Hmm. So meaning both students and uh, that are on site and at home, they're being taught at the same time by the same teacher, either through live sessions through Zoom or uh, using some other technologies that we record lessons as an initial lecture piece and then opening up to questions and that. Yeah, that's it. That's interesting. So I know that we had Natalie uh guy on she's a uh school teacher uh from becker and she was saying they're doing that synchronous learning but it can be challenging so what type of uh, technology challenge have you seen uh in delivering this kind of blended model yeah the synchronous learning is part of it and then also what when you're doing synchronous with either the distance learning the hybrid or in class um, you have a lot of uh different technology concerns Mm -hmm. and connectivity pieces at home so one of the things are for distant learners and hybrid is making sure if they have one or more students that they're able to get connected, their mm-hmm. speeds are able to support the audio and video conferencing tools that we're using, along with all the other web uh, 
hosted services that we're doing, and then also making sure that kids and students are able and parents are able to connect and mm-hmm. keep things moving forward. Yeah, I know you did some creative things around helping uh, families get connected so they could join the distance learning. What are some of the things that you did to kind of bridge that gap? Yep. So we do right now. We do have a parent parent uh, student tech support form mm-hmm. that parents are able to report issues with anything that's going on there. And as a district, we've tried to work as a team and really develop further processes around when they do report an issue with an application connectivity, our content filter, other things that we're able to review those things. Mm-hmm. But the other challenge I think that you're reviewing, uh, referring to is we are offering some, we have a limited number, but uh, Sprint hotspots that mm-hmm. we're able to check out to and allow them to get some internet connectivity, either when they're troubleshooting their own or some that don't have anything at all. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know one big thing we've seen is, you know, security has been a pretty hot topic because you open up the kind of the gates, you know, around security, uh, people having those devices from home. You know, I know there you have some uh, uh, different types of PCs out there that you give to the students, but how are you hand, handling all that kind of BYOB type stuff, and how are you making sure they're secure on your network? Yeah, so when they're on our network, we've actually been working really hard to uh, – not only have we partnered with you and others in regards to um, implementing and integrating a cloud infrastructure that's mm-hmm. not only on site, we have some stuff services on site, but also out in the cloud, like the Azure cloud that we're able to leverage that availability, uptime, and scalability yep. that we need to maybe to add resources that help minimize the time that my team might need to look at some of that, but also minimize mm-hmm. some of the hardware and time we need to do if all of a sudden, if we're seeing processes going slow, we can add virtual processors out in the cloud. Mm-hmm. And that, that's worked really well. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, we have had, um, you know, a lot of schools that are faced with a lot of, you know, issues. We had to deal with this COVID-19, the whole kind of distance learning and that kind of blended model. And then also we're, you know, we're faced with a, you know, a probably next year's budget of, billion deficit. So looking at those kind of alternative technologies to help, you know, reduce cost, increase efficiency, and really enhance the learning experience is something that, you know, we touched on it briefly about the cloud and being able to have, to be able to spin up those servers uh, quickly, be able to have the backup and recovery was a big one too, right? So maybe talk a little bit about kind of backup and recovery and why that's important for you. Yeah, the one thing I want to just bring up before I do that, the other piece with security I'd bring up is we are trying to automate all of our account creations yep. and leveraging either that tool in identity automation or clever tools in Google as a, a unified single sign-on platform that does allow us to view and report and standardize the login that makes it easier for students not to have to know what passwords they need to on certain pieces too. Right, that's interesting. Um, in regards yeah. to the data... Yeah, in regards to the data backup and recovery, part of that solution is when a lot of our, uh, what used to be several years ago, hosted solutions and network servers and services were on site, and we had to backup that data, is now out in the cloud, and we're trying to leverage um, the backup and recovery uh, that they have out in that hardware, but also to... uh, uh, leverage snapshot snapshot technology that's out there mm-hmm. and to help maintain that uptime and availability. Yeah, so that's one thing that we've seen, you know, working together is really the ability to 
manage this uh, so you have more time to really focus on some of the uh, more core initiatives you have going on. Uh, so uh, what do you think, in, if you were to give advice to the parents trying to manage this new model, what would you tell them about technology? What advice would you give them? Yeah, and that's an interesting question because not only with the district, there's about 2,400 students in West Taka schools. Wow. All the others, some obviously you have your community, but also the unique pieces I think most districts have is you have parents and students and teachers all being the same. So we have some teachers that are parents mm-hmm. and also seeing it. And really what it is with COVID and what it's done, it's really made us have to think outside the box. Mm-hmm. You know, what are the norms of what we used to do before versus what we do today? And that's one thing, even with security and infrastructure, then the tools and and pieces of technology that we're using today, it, we weren't building it this way two years ago. Mm-hmm. It wasn't built this way. So we really had to adjust um, and move other resources where needed on like internet bandwidth and things like that. And that's one thing that we would try to tell parents about is mm-hmm. understanding your network and understanding monitoring and managing what you can do for your students and your home and family life helps on that. And then also making sure that you organize and plan and not assume too much and that you really advocate for yourself that, you know, you really do want to reach mm-hmm. out to your media comms, frontiers, other pieces to make sure they and express the importance of uh, highly scalable and reliable Internet services as it just seems like more and more are going out to that way in our education and our jobs. Yeah, it's a really good uh, perspective. And I think in general, you, know, you being a parent, me being a parent, uh, that we kind of safeguard our kids too, right? We monitor what they go on the internet. We monitor what they watch on TV just to make sure that, you know, they're watching appropriate content. And I think the same goes out to your point is we have to kind of monitor and make sure that they're there when they need to be learning. And I think it's hard because you may have, you know, multiple kids in daycare. You may have multiple parents at work. So I know as a parent, how do you how do you manage like that whole workload and trying to get the kids prepared to learn and then get them kind of committed to learn? Because I know a lot of people, a lot of uh, uh, students, they're good. Some are really good learners uh, that really pick it up quick, and other ones just kind of take a little bit of time, but they learn in a different perspective. So what have you seen uh, from that kind of perspective of how how kids uh, can be better prepared when it's time to learn? Yeah, and that's what the anti-COVID maybe has done is maybe caused some of us to slow down or be at home, mm-hmm. and be and really building and 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 understanding the family unit that you are able to work together, talk together in an open area. Mm-hmm. Not only can you put earbuds in that in, but mm-hmm. being able to be in an open, honest integrity of saying and doing what mm-hmm. you say you're going to do, mm-hmm. and making sure that you are open. Up, hey, I need to do my homework, but we can all do it in the living room if it's open for a question. A lot of times, even for us at home. The older or younger student is listening to what the other one's doing, and they, you know, they mm-hmm. chime in and say, and it kind of creates a bigger learning environment at home, and it's it's interesting. I mean, it it does require patience and flexibility, mm-hmm. and it does it pushes me outside my comfort zones, and sometimes you know you're looking for a downtime, but at the same time, just putting a device in front of someone and telling them to go in another room isn't an answer that uh, I would challenge all of us not to do. Yeah, well, thank you, Corey. We appreciate uh, your time because I know you're super busy and uh, appreciate your perspective. And we look forward to having you on soon and have a fantastic day. Great. Thank you for the opportunity and you too. All right. Take care. Bye. I wanted to thank Corey again for his time and expertise on joining the podcast today. 
Uh, it was great to um, get his wisdom and experience. Um, he's not only a great customer, he's a, a great person. And taking time out of his busy day to be able to speak with us and help others and giving back and uh, sharing what we've done together to make a difference in enhancing the learning experience for uh, West Tonka Public School students and teachers. Uh, we also wanted to talk about, just in general, uh, some of the comments that Corey made around kind of the old way of doing things and looking at innovative technology uh, is important. And sometimes we just get caught in the, oh, this works fine. Uh, it, it works. Why, why do we want to fix it if it ain't broke? So we want to really just uh, challenge other school districts to take a look at innovation, adopt technology, and really begin to look at things differently and outside the box. Uh, when we work with our customers, uh, we have a methodology in helping uh, successfully implement uh, innovative technology. There's three steps, the plan, build, and manage. Uh, in this particular case, I want to just kind of run through really quickly how we work at Corey on this methodology. So the first one was the planning. So we engage in a technology assessment of their infrastructure and their disaster recovery uh, environment. And through that, we identified gaps and vulnerabilities and uh, made some recommendations of how to move forward. And then also we created a business case to gain consensus within uh, the school district and then ultimately brought it to the board for approval where there are many, many people involved to be able to uh, craft this business case and present it uh, effectively to the board, which ultimately got approved. And then from there, we put together the kind of the build phase and where we took all the various um, uh, technology uh, components because they were somewhat scattered as any organization uh, purchases uh, services and technology and sometimes they don't always integrate together but sometimes that's just caused by uh, innovative technology and a better way of doing things so we were able to take all those technologies and integrate them together in a single cloud platform that more effectively was able to help Corey manage IT more effectively uh, and secondly, from the uh, management perspective, it's a 24 by 7 uh, management and monitoring cloud platform. So from the cloud perspective, we were able to take all the on-premise uh, virtual servers, the storage, we connected the network from uh, the school into the Azure cloud, and uh, we have backup and recovery. So we actually have backup and recovery in the cloud. So we back up all the data in the cloud and we send it to a second cloud so we have multiple uh, redundancy and copies of their data in two different locations in case they get hit by ransomware or in case one of the servers go down and uh, lose all the data. And then also we have a application performance monitoring, which is the monitoring software that monitors the network, monitors the application all the way down to the end user so we can quickly troubleshoot uh, issues and trouble tickets that their users are having. And then also we provide unlimited 24 by 7 monitoring. So some of the big benefits they saw were really, if you look at Azure, is a really top-notch security. So we escalated our security with um, Azure spending over a billion dollars in security last year just to kind of shore up their infrastructure. And also we have additional security built on top of that too, provided by Pivotal Logic. Uh, and, the, and the interesting thing is they no longer have to purchase hardware. They don't have to spend millions of dollars on servers and storage. That's a, um, a flexible, scalable um, 
capability in the cloud. Uh, and then also uh, the recovery. So we have the backup and recovery in there. They don't have to worry about all the moving parts. Uh, if they add ransomware, they can recover quickly with the backed up data. They can actually run all their servers and all their applications in a different cloud too, in case something were to happen. And also uh, they just moved from the brick and mortar to the cloud. It took a brave step to be able to kind of be an early adopter. So we thank um, uh, Corey and um, their administration uh, to be uh, willing and able, but we built a good business plan. We got consensus, we delivered effectively. Then now they're starting to see this during COVID-19. He has all the services in the cloud. We didn't miss a beat. Uh, he was able to focus on really delivering a great end user experience and distant learning. And I think that's made uh, West Tonka Public School a better district and really has helped the learning experience of their schools and teachers uh, while they're working from home. So I just wanted to wrap it up and say thank you very much and uh, have a great day. That completes today's episode. Make sure to join us in two weeks to hear more trends and insights from me, Philly G. Thanks for listening to Tech Talk Tuesday. Have a blessed day.